Take your Bibles, boys and girls, and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. If you'll have an engaged down here. We've got an engaged lady down here. Where's the better half? At work, bless his heart. Somebody's got to pay the bills. And then another couple. Of, oh, oh, i got to read it. My wife gave this to me. Are you ready? A wife went to the police station with her next-door neighbor to report that her husband was missing. The policeman asked for a description. She said, well, he's 35 years of age, six foot four, has dark eyes, dark wavy hair, athletic build, weighs 185 pounds, soft-spoken, is very good to the children. Next-door neighbor said, hey, wait a minute. Your husband's five foot four, chubby, bald, has a big mouth, and is mean to your children. The wife said, yes, but who wants him back? <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, but who wants him back? <laughs> Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28, 29, and 30. If you have that, let's stand and stretch just for a moment here. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, 30. Don't you stay home tonight now at 6 o'clock just because your preacher is not preaching. I'm preaching tonight. You better be here. I've got your address. You don't come. I'm coming to your house. And you make sure you're here tonight, 6 o'clock tonight. Don't you stay home. I just got three shots at you. And uh, today, tonight, four, cause come for chapel tomorrow. What time is chapel in the morning? 9.45. 9.45? Any objections? Okay, 9.45. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Digest it. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want to, the sermon is this, why do I still have my burdens? I got saved. I'm God's child. My name's written down in heaven. It ain't written down in pencil. It's forever. But why do I still have my burdens? I came to the altar. I, 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 I prayed. I I cried, I begged God to help me, and I got up and went back, and I still had a mother-in-law. <laughs> By the way, don't, I love my wife's mother-in-law. <laughs> but that preacher, did that preacher lie to me? He said, I'd be a new creature. I've, I'm saved. But why do I still have my burdens? My wife has had 40-plus surgeries. Last year, she broke her right leg three different times. And she's the finest Christian I know. Now, that doesn't make sense, does it? Somebody, I've been in the ministry for 48 years. She's been right there beside me. We've been married 55 years. Why would that happen to her? Why do we still have our burdens? Listen carefully. Now, don't crucify me at the beginning of this message. Don't, don't hang me. Wait till we get to the end, then you can hang me. But you listen carefully to me, because I, 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 this is a great truth, a great truth. When, I, when this, my eyes were open to this thing, it jumped. The Holy Spirit just grabbed me just like that. So I hope that you'll listen carefully. Why do I still have my burdens? Father, help me now to help. These are your people. They're not mine. And these are your sons and your daughters. 
And God, I ask you to help us today. Put one more brick of truth in the wall of life. The Holy Spirit, talk to us, please. Please, may we leave here not being the same. God, talk to us tonight and today. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus is saying to his own in these scriptures. Now listen carefully to this statement. Take your burden to the Lord and bring them back with you. Now digest it. Nowhere in these verses does Jesus mention leaving your burden with him. The truth is, Jesus says here, bring your burden to me and I will give you my burden. Then you'll learn. The reason some of you and some of us have not learned is because we bring our burden down to the altar and try to get rid of it. We try to get rid of it. That's what the world does. They do it with alcohol. They do it with dope. They do it with all kinds of things called diversion. They don't want to face what they're facing in their life. But the reality is still there. So if you try to get rid of it at the altar, then you go back in your world and you realize you still have the same burden, you're going to get upset with God. You say, God, I took that burden to you, but why didn't you take it away? Because nowhere in these verses does Jesus mention leaving your burden with Him. He says, you come, then I will give you my burden, watch this, and then you'll learn. You do not learn until you realize that God gave you something that was bearable. And He wants to give you something else of His burden in your life. And when you have the two together, He is saying, then you'll learn. A lot of Christians have not learned because they're trying to get rid of their burden. Instead of embracing your life and God's will for your life, some were chosen for the furnace in the Bible. And so who are we to say, I should have no problems? I heard a great statement this morning by a dear brother over here. And I immediately sat down and wrote it. God's ultimate healing is death. I have never thought about that. My poor wife has been through all these surgeries. I've got a grandson who's, who's 26 years of age who has the mind of a child. His facial features are not normal. They had to take the frontal lobe off and reshape it to put it on so he looked, had some semblance of being normal. He, he walks pigeon like this and his arms are longer than they should be. And sometimes kids in public will, will mock my grandson and it just kills me. But it's reality. You have reality in your life. Now, either you're going to get mad at God or we're going to learn from the Scripture this morning to where we can do something great for God. He said, I will yoke up with you and together we will carry both burdens, your burden and my burden. I've been a licensed ordained Baptist preacher for 48 years. I, as your pastor and, and other men who've been around for a long time, have seen a lot of things happen in people's lives. And boy, you sit down and you cry and you hurt but the reality is that it's real. The cancer is real. The broken body is real. 
the financials, it's real. All of that's real. So until we come to the altar and we face that reality and say, God, I, I want you to help me to bear it, but I don't want you to get rid of it. And then you pick up his burden, and God said, now you'll learn. Uh, Jesus is saying here, my yoke is sweet, my burden is bearable. Jesus says, you have a burden, come to me. What does he do when we come to him with our burden? I'm going to give you three things that Jesus did not say that we say. Okay? I'm going to give you three things Jesus did not say. Then I'm going to give you three things he did say. But we're getting out of here because I'm hungry, so don't worry about the, it's, it's a few points, but the subpoints are what's going to kill us. Uh, now, an illness is suddenly thrust upon you. Your husband's illness. Your wife's illness. Your child's illness. A sudden heartbreak. And the first thing he did not say to us in these scriptures, number one, he did not say he would take your burden away. We slowly read those scriptures but it does not say that he'll take your burden away. Your age is still there. I'm 74. I, I feel like I'm 104. But the truth of the matter is, I'm still 74. When I go back to my motel room in a little bit, I'll still be 74. I want to pray here after I preach my own sermon. I'm going to get right at my own sermon. And, uh, but guess what? When I get through praying, I'm still going to be 74. Now, the truth of the matter is, he did not say, he did not say he would take your burden away. Let me give you a scripture, write this down. Galatians 6, 5 says, every man shall bear his own burden. That's what the Bible says. So he did not say he would take your burden away. So when you come to the altar and you try to get rid of your burden, that's not a part of these verses that we've read here. He did not say, come unto me and leave your burden. You don't get strength by, listen carefully, by running away from your burdens. You get stronger by your burdens. The carrying of the load is what strengthens you. And the spiritually strong people in this auditorium this morning are the ones who bear their own burden. They bear it, and they also yoke up with Jesus to bear his burden too. Uh, I, I played football in high school and college, and uh, I've... I lifted weights, and I lift weights now. I get out of bed every morning. And uh, <laughs> oh, that was funny, folks. Uh, and, uh, but the truth of the matter is, I never said to them, take five pounds off of this. I add five pounds. Why? Because the only way I was going to get stronger is by lifting more weight. And the only way you're going to get stronger is by lifting the weight that you have. And by the way, as you get older, God gives you more weights as age comes. It doesn't get any better. Uh, when our first baby was born, I, I, I couldn't believe I was going to be a father. And, 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 and I looked at that little girl. She's the most beautiful little girl I've ever seen in my life. I know. I've seen yours. I, I'm right. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I, 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 it, I thought to myself, boy, this is such a complicated thing here. And, and then we had a son and another daughter and another son until uh, we found out what caused it. Uh, Folks, I haven't got time to tell you when I'm funny here. But, uh, <laughs> but the truth is, they got married and they left home. And now life is more complicated. Because now I have no control at all. At all. And I just sit back and just pray, dear God, please don't let them mess up. And now, somewhere in here, you've got to understand, life is going to be more complicated for you. Jesus did not say he would take your burden away. Uh, the strongest person 
uh, listening to this sermon this morning is somebody who's carrying a lot of burdens. Number two. Number two. Number one, he did not say he would take your burden away. Listen carefully. Number two, he did not say he would change your burden. He never said in the scriptures he would change your burden. He did not say, bring your burden to me, leave it with me, and then take my burden. God wants you to have your burden. Why? Because it will make you stronger. But he did not say, bring your burden down here, leave it here, pick up my burden, and go back into your world. He didn't say that. Because he is something great for you to do. See, he knows about tomorrow, you don't. So he gives you weights today to make you stronger to face what you don't realize you're going to have to face. You think you face the worst things that ever happened in life. And then life has a way of, of sneaking up on you and throwing some, another curve at you. Now, somewhere, you've got to understand, God knows what you're going to face tomorrow. Now, you better take the burden that you have, pick up His burden, and go back into your world and realize this will make you stronger to face things you don't even realize you're going to have to face. Um, so, Satan does not want you stronger. So he wants you to try to get rid of your burden because he doesn't want you stronger. The stronger you are, the more souls you're going to save. The stronger you are, the, the more you'll be able to do for God. We sing, Jesus took my burden I could no longer bear. Yes, Jesus took my burden in answer to my prayer. We sing, my anxious fears subsided. My spirit was made strong for Jesus took my burden and left me with a song. Now, that's a, that's a nice song. It's a beautiful song. But truth is, it's not, it's not scriptural. Because that's not at all what the Bible says. So number one, he did not say that he would take away your burden. Number two, he did not say he would change your burden or exchange your burden. Number three, he did not say he would lighten your load. It weighs as much right now as it did last, last Sunday. It'll weigh as much next week, if not more, than what it weighs now. It's just the way life is. And God said, bear your own burden. Don't try to get rid of it. And realize it's going to make you stronger. The, great, the greatest days of this church are ahead. The greatest days of your pastor's ministry is ahead. If you'll pick up your burden and pick up his burden and don't gripe about it. Don't complain about it. Don't bellyache about it. I was a, there was a coach at uh, Hammond. Uh, he's from Louisiana. And I, he was my soul winning buddy when I was up in the Chicagoland area. And we went sold one day, knocked on the door, and this lady came to the, to the door, and she and she just let us have it. I mean, she let he just all he butch all he did was put on track like that, and she just let us have it, and just dressed us down, slammed the door, and Butch looked at me and he said, "Come with me." We went behind the the, the back door of the same house. <laughs> he knocked on the door. Same lady came to the door, and here's what he said: "I hope you're not near as mean as that woman I met at the front door." <laughs> and I'm standing there, and, and he, he did that Louisiana twang, you know. And uh, and she started laughing, and she said, "You've got a lot of nerve." What? <laughs> and he said, "Well, ma'am, I need to talk to you. I don't want you to go to hell." And she said, "Well, I don't want to go to hell." She's a Methodist lady, and so uh, we went in, and he led her to Christ. We went back, led the husband to Christ, and well, somebody say Amen. Now, I'm just, just telling you, he did not say he would take away your burden. He did not say he would exchange your burden. He did not say he would lighten your burden. My wife is just as, as homebound today as she was last week. And, and in fact, it's going to get worse. She's in a wheelchair now. She can't even use her walker to get around. Now, I'm simply telling you, life, that's just the way life. Don't complain. Don't bellyache. Don't get mad about it. Thank God you're saved. Thank, well, somebody say amen. 
All you men, stand up. You got pants on, stand up. All you men, stand up. Now, stand up now. All you got to do is look down. Uh, <laughs> now, in the count of three, I want you to say amen, all right? One, two, three. Amen. Oh, that's Methodist level. Try it again. One, two, three. Amen. There you go. Sit down and keep it up. Man, you go to a ball game, scream yourself silly. I will anyway. And uh, we come to church, the Word of God's preached. You ought to say amen. Now, saying amen doesn't make you spiritual, but it did sure keep you awake. We have 12 sections of the lower floor and 10 sections of the balcony. And the guy over here fell asleep. Well, that's okay. I'm used to that. But he started snoring out loud. And I said, hey, wake that guy up. And the guy next to him said, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. <what? laughs> Oh, I hate that guy. Uh, you got to time that thing just right, man. Jesus will not take away that burden. Jesus will not exchange that burden. And Jesus will not lighten that burden. I'm talking to people all over this auditorium who brought your burdens to Jesus, and they're just like they were when you brought them to Jesus. Still got the arthritis. Still got the cancer. Still have all types of problems in your life. You say, well, I, but I got saved. I shouldn't have those. Well, wait a minute now. Don't use this scripture to try to justify your attitude about it because that's not what he's saying here. Uh, now, the rest that's mentioned here, this is interesting. The rest that's mentioned here is not loafing. It's not inactivity. The rest is a tranquility. While we are bearing the burden, we have a tranquility in Christ. That's what the, the dear brother said about the joy on the inside. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends upon Jesus, your relationship with Him. So, He did not say He would take away your burden, so quit getting mad at God about it. Number two, He did not say He would exchange your burden. He said that He did not say He would lighten your burden. Now, what did He say? We've got to hurry. Number one, He said He is the difference. Notice the Scripture. I will give you rest. Say that with me. I will give you rest. Louder. I will give you rest. So what's the difference here in the scripture? The difference is Jesus said, I will make the difference. I am the difference. I will give you rest or tranquility. I will give you peace in the storm. I am the one that makes the difference. Let me tell you this, this maybe illustrate this. When I was in high school, um, I was a senior in high school, is August, and I mean it's hot, hot, hot hot. My mama said to me, son, you're supposed to mow the lawn today, Saturday. You're supposed to mow the lawn. I said, now mama, can I do it Monday? No, you're going to do it today. I said, mama, can I do it Tuesday? She said, no, you're going to do it today. I said, now mama, it's hot out there. I'll die out there. She said, no, you won't die. You go out there and mow the lawn. Now, mow the lawn. What does that mean? It's not this like you got now with the John Deere where you crank it on and you drive it around like that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the lawnmower with the roller and the blades. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You were up and back and up and back. And it never does cut right. I don't care how sharp the blades are. It doesn't matter. You've got to go up and back and up and back. And it takes forever to mow a lawn. And I said, Mama, that lawnmower, those blades aren't... I said, okay. So I went out. Oh, and I'd stop and go in and drink some water. She'd... I'd go back out and cut it. Oh, man. By the time I got done, I was, I was drenched in sweat. And, 
And I went and sat down, and she said, uh, well, thank you, son. You did a good job. I said, well, amen. Uh, she said, uh, now, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? And I said, well, I'll tell you the truth. If I get your permission, I'd like to uh, go see my girlfriend, Leanne. She lived four miles away. She's now my wife. Seniors in high school. She said, well, you got my permission. You go ahead. You, you can go. Take your younger brother, Jerry, with you. And he went everywhere with us, <laughs> even on our honeymoon. But, so I got in that old flatbed Ford truck, and I drove over. It didn't have mufflers on it. It had a straight pipe on it, and it made a, a, a lot of noise. I liked it. And uh, so I drove four miles. I pulled up the truck, and I stopped, and I looked. And you know what Leanne was doing? She was doing this with her front lawn. I got out and I said, what in the world are you doing? It's too hot to be out here mowing that lawn. Let me do it. She said, okay. <laughs> so I'd mow a little bit and I'd look at her and wink at her, you know. Mow a little bit more. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it, huh? A little bit more, a little bit more. Now, what was the difference? It was just as hot four miles away. Same stupid lawn mower four miles away. Still sweated four miles away. What was the difference? Leanne. You mean you didn't love her like you loved mama? Uh-uh. <laughs> now, I'm just simply saying, that's what he's saying here. He said, get your eyes on me and that, that soul winning will be a whole lot more fun. Get your eyes on me and that bus ministry will be a whole lot more fun. Get your eyes on me and that Sunday school class will be a whole lot more fun. Get your eyes on me and your living for God separate from the world is going to be a whole lot easier and a whole lot better. Get your eyes on me. And that's exactly what he's saying. If you want to have the right kind of a marriage, get your eyes on Jesus. You have the right kind of child ring, get your eyes on Jesus. You want to have the right type of a soul winning church, get your eyes on Jesus. It's not as bad as you think it is. So he said here in the scripture, I will, I, I'm not going to take away your burden. I'm not going to exchange your burden. I'm not going to lighten your burden. But I'll tell you one thing. I will give you rest. I'll give you tranquility. I'll give, get your eyes on me. You get your eyes on me and we can do anything for our heavenly father. So that's exactly what he means. He said, number one, I did, I, I, I did say I will be the difference. Number two, we got to hurry. Only got two more points left. We're out of here. Like that fat woman going underneath that barbed wire fence. A few more points and we'll be through. Number two. He, oh, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Number two. He did say he would join us in our world. That's what he says here in the scripture. He said, number one, I'll make the difference. Get your eyes on me. He said, but number two, let's get in this yoke together. A yoke is not the burden. The yoke is what pulls the burden. What's a yoke? It's a harness built for two. Jesus is saying, make a, make a place for me in your life. That's what he's saying. Let's get the yoke together. You bring your burden down to the altar. Don't try to discard it. Pick it back up. Pick up Jesus' burden. Get in a yoke with him and go back into your world. He said, I want to help you in your world. My wife is the kind of a lady. Um, she's never had a speeding ticket, never had a parking ticket, never had an accident. And she reminds me often. I hate her. Now, I'm a preacher. I'm in a hurry. i got things to do. Besides that, I'm under grace, not the law. But, uh, 
now, I, 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 she, bless her heart, if, if we go to the doctor, she'll, here's what she'll do. She'll, Lord, give us a parking spot in front of, that, in front of that, that doctor's office. You know I can't walk very far. It's hard to move. And do you know what will happen? Car back out, pull it out, and then we'll pull in there and park. If she pulls up, there's a lot of traffic. She said, Lord, clear the traffic. It's amazing. She, she believes that God will answer little things because in her mind, they're big things. I have, I have two boys. They're pastor churches. They're both thieves and crooks. Uh, when they come to my house, they steal ties. I have two ties for every suit. <laughs> and my wife picks them out. And, but, but when I'm missing a tie for a suit, I know, it's, I know it's gone. I know. I know what happened. One of those boys stole it. And I, I tried to find a tie for a suit one time. And she said, uh, I said, hey, have those boys been over here? She said, yes, they've been by. They stole the tie. She said, now, honey, your boys don't steal the tie. I said, yeah, they're crooks. They're thieves. They're liars. They, they stole my tie. And, uh, and, and, and I still see them every once in a while with a tie on. I know I recognize it. But... Uh, uh, so she said, well, well, pray about it. Ask God to help you find it. I hate a spiritual woman. <laughs> I don't want to pray about it. I want my tie. <laughs> so a little bit later, I walked out with, with the tie. She said, oh, you prayed about it, didn't you? I wouldn't let her know. But uh, number one, he did say he was the difference. So get, get that now. Jesus is the difference. Get your eyes on him. Number two, he wants to join you in your world. Number three, last point. He wants, he, he, he comes to you and he wants you to join him in his world. You want him in your world. Jesus, I've got to have you in my world. I can't make it without you being in my world. But this yoke business also means he wants you in his world. And don't forget, he said that's when you learn. You don't learn until you accept your burden and bear it and pick up my burden, get in a yoke with me and go back into the real world. He said, then it's going to make sense to you. Amen. Then you'll learn of me. The reason we don't learn is because we don't teach a Sunday school class. We're not an usher. We're not in a choir. We're not. What is your spiritual resume? What are you doing for God? God is saying to you, I want to be in your world, but please, it's not complete as a yoke until you are in my world. Oh, there's so much you could do for God in 2020. There's so much that needs to be done for God. So much work that needs to be done. And we need not workers, but laborers. Pray the word of the harvest, Matthew 9, 36, 37, 38. For laborers, not workers. If you own a business, you know what laboring is. Because it's 24-7 for you. If you're a worker, you punch in at 7, punch out at 3, and go home. But God is saying, I need laborers, I need people. And I'm telling you, your depth of knowledge of the Word of God and the work of God is going to increase when you get in that yoke with Him. He did not say He'd take your burden away, so quit griping. He did not say that He would uh, exchange it. He did not say He would lighten it. It's going to be the same. When you walk out these doors and you leave today, you'll still have the same burden you had when you walked in here. But the difference is going to be coming to the altar and saying, God, give me strength and help me. I'm not trying to get rid of my burden. I just need your help. And then pick up his burden, get in a yoke together, let him go back into your world, and you go into his world. And then God said, then you will learn of me. That's why some people, you're astonished at their Bible knowledge. You're astonished at it. 
I preached with Dr. Jack House for 22 years. I was part of his first four-year class, House Anderson. I'm telling you, I was astonished at the depth of knowledge of the Word of God. We were in Wyoming together, and he, oh, he knocked it out of the ballpark Tuesday morning. We got back in the van. We're going back to the motel. I said, Brother House, where in the world did you get that thought? He looked at me and said, out of the Bible. Y'all try reading it. <laughs> now, I'm just saying to you this morning, I, I know you're going through it. I know you are. But please realize God does not want to take that away from you because it's going to make you stronger. Because he has something coming down the road where you're going to need that strength. Then he's saying, I'll go with you in your world, but please, please, please go with me in my world. Do something for me and then you'll learn of me. Let's stand. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.